What is the best thing to do with gluten-free miso on today's show? I will be sharing what I did with gluten-free miso, miso and was absolutely amazed. I would just like to say absolutely amazed at the results. I'm Angela from Gluten-Free Angela and over the next 20 minutes or so, be sharing some little stories, possibly the odd recipe, and some of the ingredients that I use in my very own kitchen. That's a gluten-free kitchen. So I started off the show by saying gluten-free miso. It's one of those unusual products that has has happened to go somewhere in our cupboards. We talk about miso a little bit, don't we? People know it's really healthy. It's really good for us. And it's not gluten-free. So a lot of people think that's it, we can't have miso, but we can because there are gluten-free equivalents and they're very good ones as well. And it is quite interesting. I had a recipe that I was wanting to try, wanting to convert, and I thought I'd have a go. And when I looked into my cupboard, I was so, so happy that I had some miso packets left. There were, it was a box of four or six little, I think 15 gram sachets. And so, well, the first thing to know about miso is most of them have got gluten in them. Even if you look on the ingredients, be really, really careful with this stuff as the barrels that they ferment things in. Miso traditionally is around wheat. It's around barley, all of those things. So it, it's got to be produced <laughs> in gluten free tubs. An environment that is not historically the best. Yeah, you know, it's all about tradition. It's all about reusing some of these barrels or containers that have been using for a long, 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 long time. And that's something that we can't do. We have to move it into a different environment. But there is a company out there, and I've used their gluten-free miso, and it's great. And the company is called Clear, Clear Spring. And it appears that most of it is produced in Japan, so we know it's pretty authentic stuff and and the best thing is that most of them have got a taste award a great taste award so we know it's really good stuff it's not an impersonation of what miso should taste like do you know what this is a company that's been producing miso for years and years and years so they know how to make the damn stuff however the first thing to really know about it is there are different types of miso there's white there's red and there's brown now, white miso is very subtle, whereas you get to brown and that's quite intense and salty. And these little packets that I had were the brown miso, gluten-free brown miso, and it's fabulous stuff. However, am I glad that they were in small sachets because had I gone and adapted the recipe I was using, it asked me to use 30 grams of the miso in the cake. See, I've told you what I made with it. And then another 20 grams on the topping. And I, in the cake itself, I used one sachet, which was 15 grams. On the topping, I used about seven grams and it was fine. That was enough. And of course, did you know that you can make a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful cake with miso? And that's what I did. And I looked at this recipe and I thought, 
that's really quite interesting miso is uh, traditionally it's a broth it's it's like people in the uk use bovril or an oxo cube it's exactly the same methodology stick some hot water in it drink it it's a beautiful flavor taste it's salty it warms you up in the winter and you know it's good for you but all of these things aren't great if you're gluten-free so miso these gluten-free miso sachets are brilliant and i made a cake yes i did i made a cake with some miso in it with some walnuts in it and with a miso and walnut topping as well and i have to say it's one of the most interesting cakes i think i've had in a long 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 time and the the flavors are incredible i'm not a great lover and maybe you like this side of cake but I'm not a great lover of coffee cake and coffee and walnut cake because all I taste when I, I taste them, certainly the shop built ones, are this hint of coffee and sugar because you have quite a sweet traditional like sponge. Then you have some very sweet layering in the middle. And then on top, there's this thick sugary pillow of sugar and a couple of nuts on top and i just find that all i can taste is sugar 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 i i like i eat sugar i love things like meringues but i need something to complement it a different depth of flavor so this cake was just right up my street it really was and it is a simple simple cake recipe so you can use one of my normal cake recipes if you've been on my course or booked on my course you're going to get to know what the traditional recipe is and what you want to do is mix I would say a sachet because in gluten-free world we I think most people are going to get hold of the the brown miso so we're looking at 15 grams one little sachet in the cake itself and the best way to do that is to to blend it to mix it with if you're having an oil-based cake put it in the oil mix it up whip it up so there's just tiny little droplets within that oil if you're adding some milk add it to the milk you need to add it to the, the liquid and whisk it up. I, I only mean whisking by hand. You can use a fork. You can use a little whisk. But you just need to distribute that miso into tiny, tiny little droplets. So it gets into the cake. Because it's quite a thick, thick consistency. So you do need to mix it to whisk it to distribute properly. And once you've done that, you just mix your cake. You just put your wet ingredients into your dry and voila, you have this cake with an unusual depth of flavour. Throw in a few walnuts. If it's in the cake, I suggest you put them, put, making them quarter-sized wal walnuts, not whole ones. Because some people can find it a little bit strange when they try to crunch on a whole walnut. And then you just bake it. And the skill is the topping. Because you're going to notice there's, you know, like you have salted caramel. Now, years and years ago, if anyone had just said about putting salt with caramel, people would have thought, oh, but now we understand that blend of flavours and just how well it works. 
And it doesn't matter what you look at. Let's have some great examples. You can have a great, lovely, rich, salty cheese and fruitcake. That's traditionally a northern recipe. People do apple pie with cheese in it. People, honestly, there is so much sweet and sour. All of these different flavours really complement themselves. And when we're talking about a cake, we've got this beautiful, beautiful cake and this saltiness, this earthiness, this this sea-like taste, because miso will often evoke memories of being at the sea. And that's what miso does. It's just this incredible flavour. So you have that subtly through your plainish cake with a little bit of walnut. But then on top, and this is the real skill, okay? And I don't care, you could have any recipe out there. You could have bought a plain cake from a shop. Try this on top. Probably won't work with lemon cake, but, you know, if it's a plainish cake, you just try it, just put it on. So in a little pan, you're going to measure 50 ml of water and 50 grams of sugar. That's all. And you're just going to bring that, heat it up until your sugar has dissolved and until it is hot. And at that point, you take it. So, you you know, let it boil for, for a couple of minutes, not a raging boil, just so it's hot. Then what I want you to do is take it off the heat, open the sachet of miso and you will notice Put a quarter of it in, first of all, and just mix it around with a little whisk. And you will find that it starts to distribute all through that liquid and have a taste. And honestly, that taste of saltiness, you will not believe it. And you'll think, I can add a little bit more. I added half a sachet, but I do like very intense flavours. So... You may want to just put in a quarter and taste it. And, and honestly, after you've put in a quarter of a little 15 gram sachet, it's a drop at a time or rather a little dollop of this stuff at a time. Keep mixing and keep tasting. And then you will just hit the flavour that you love. And at that point, what you're going to do is pour in about 60 grams of walnuts now it's down to you you can either leave them whole you can put them in halves you can put them in quarters it's up to you and what you're going to do is just mix that and, and I put my back on the heat just for a couple of minutes so it started to warm up those nuts we're not trying to caramelize them they're not we're not trying to burn them brown them or anything it's just getting the flavors wrapped around those beautiful walnuts so i did that and then you've got all of these nuts that that are now really well coated in this liquid and you also have this liquid and you think what am i going to do how am I going to get this on top of the cake? So what I did was I, I took out all of the nuts, first of all, and just not place them with your fingers because you're dealing with hot, sugary liquid. But with a little spoon, just place them all over the top of the cake. And then with a tiny spoon, you are going to allow that to drizzle over the top of your cake. And you're going to have to keep drizzling it in tiny little teaspoons because it will just go down the side of the cake. 
or you'll lose it and you want to keep it on the top if you you know you could try and brush it on top of the cake i didn't do that i i, I really like it because in some places we had more miso glaze than in others and it's just really nice that you're actually dripping this all over the walnuts so some of the walnuts have got layers and layers and layers of the miso flavor and just take your time so that that cake absorbs it as you put it on there just slowly take your time whether it's five minutes whether it's 10 minutes just love every moment as you drizzle that on top and then just left it now with yourselves it's always best a cake that comes straight out of the oven but if you bought one honestly you can do it with that as well yeah it's fine and this miso was just incredible like the flavor of the cake is beautiful and i gave a piece to my mom who's 75 this year and we tend to think that flavors like miso or wasabi are all new flavors and to be honest we have things like that in the uk it's a slightly different taste but those salty flavors have been part of our diet for a long long time it's just they're different over there as i said we do have products that people love that are very salty here she thought it was fantastic she absolutely loved it so when you think we've got a cake here we've got beautiful big walnuts in there that are really incredible tasty we've then got all of this miso on top as well it starts to pack vitamins and minerals into cake. And let's face it, most people could really, really do with a few extra vitamins and minerals. So I see this as giving cake a healthy twist. And it is, isn't it? So if you wanted to make a lovely cake, as I said, get on one of my courses. You can pick any, any traditional cake, like a vanilla cake, you name it. What you're looking for is a nice cake. Remember, you've always got to have something to bind it together in our cakes. And you've always, always, always to make sure that you add something else. Now, whatever that is, whether you're using milk, whether you're using cream, you need something else to give extra moisture into that cake. So just use the, the cake recipe that you like, or as I said, get on one of my courses and, and you can adapt it from there and I'll, I'll adapt a recipe on there as well. But I realised that I could do this with a vanilla cake. I could do it with a chocolate cake, miso and chocolate. Why not? We have chocolate with salted caramel in it. Like, amazing. Could you put this on a brownie? Of course you could if you wanted to. I'd I'd limit the amount. Just think about how you like your brownies. Do you like that crusty top? And if so, just put some of the beautiful walnuts on there and a little bit of a drizzle. Could you put it on a lemon cake? I wouldn't mix the two. I really wouldn't. But vanilla cakes, coffee cakes, a caramel cake, a chocolate cake, you've got all of those flavours that you can absolutely add miso. And, you know, you don't taste it and think, oh, that's miso. You just don't. And, and in my whole repertoire, you know, I know I love tonka beans. I try and tonka absolutely everything. So tonka beans go in so much that I, I create. 
And miso is going to be one of those other ones as well, because it is such an intense and subtle flavour at the same time. When you taste the miso glaze, you realise, whoa, that is really intense. But once you put it with other flavours, it really mellows it down and, and it just complements the cake. You could put this on so many different things. But, you know, miso, what do we think of doing with miso? We'll put it in a bowl or in a in a mug. We put some boiling water in it. You might put a few vegetables in it. You might put some noodles with it. That's what we tend to do. But this whole experience of miso cake uh, just absolutely blew my mind. So I absolutely, absolutely love it. There is nothing like it. I've not come across another cake like that ever. And and it's really, really amazing. Uh, something I'm going to do is I am going to do a little taste testing. And I think I'm going to take some, one of these cakes or maybe like make little muffins and put two or two or if you put some little fairy cake type muffins, smaller ones, you could actually put three whole walnuts on the top, couldn't you? Put the glaze on and then put a little bit of glitter on. And how incredible would that look? So I got the idea because we're always inspired by people, aren't we? We, you know, sometimes we just think I'll try and use a few things up. And sometimes I will look at a cake that somebody else has done. And and there's a, <clears throat> she's an amazing chef, Olia Hercules. And this is home food and it's recipes, comfort and con recipes to comfort and connect. And in here, this is where I got the inspiration from. It's Hedwig's brown butter miso and walnut cake. And this is a cake that she used to eat in this lady called Hedwig's Cafe somewhere in London. I don't believe it's there anymore. However, I thought, right, OK, brown butter. Yeah, love the brown butter. But can I just do the miso? Can I just do a standard easy one of my gluten-free recipes and hey presto it was born now what i would say is yes i've had to adapt it because the miso that we will use in our gluten-free world is not the same as people in everyday world use but it's absolutely amazing so what i would say is get her book buy her book it's the home food book when i when I got this book, I'll do a whole podcast on, on her book because it's amazing. But I cannot believe, as a, as a non-gluten eating person, how many of her recipes I've made. And if there's gluten in them, I've just converted them really quickly. Because once you've tasted one of her recipes, you realise how, how much of an incredible chef she actually is. So... Yeah, that's one book that I will absolutely recommend for you. Okay, in these books, we can't do the pasta. We can't do the bread. But if you listen out for my podcasts, you can do any pies because I've told you which pastry I use, which is amazing. I've got two options for you. If you do use your own, if you do want to make your own, again, do listen to that podcast because I'll say what the little hack is to make sure that your own is, is good too. I just can't be bothered to make my own pastry a lot of the time because when I get the when I feel like 
baking just like tomorrow night i'm going to be making our coconut tarts our rich coconut tarts and for me it's so much easier to take out a pack of this frozen pastry get up at around six in the morning um cut that out put it into the the pie tins the the tart tins mix the topping put the jam in put the coconut topping on as well and just put them in the oven whereas I'd have to make my own pastry put it in the put it in the fridge for an hour at least to chill and I just find it a little bit of a faff so I do make my own pastry but I have to say it's not just me. I will take Angela Hartnett's words that we've just got to stop being snobby about bought pastry. I will say I'm the first one to say that most gluten-free pastry out there in the shelves is awful. It is, but I've got a couple of options for you that are brilliant. But getting back to books, so there are pasta recipes in here. Well, you can certainly get some pasta can't you buy some in and use her let's have a quick look there's one here that says bisque style red mullet pasta well you could buy some gluten-free pasta couldn't you and make that that sounds amazing there are bread things in here but do you know what we just get to the point where we realize that most bread is absolutely appalling but she just has the most incredible recipes one of the best recipes in her book I'm now talking all about her book. I'm going to do a separate one one day about her book. And what I want to say to you is there is one recipe in there. If you don't buy this book for any other reason, it is for this one reason. She's got a recipe in there, sausages with Calvados cream, apples and potatoes. And you will not believe how this tastes. I did adapt it slightly, as I always do. I always adapt recipes because... You need to use Calvados, brandy, cider or apple juice. And when I looked in my cupboard, the sort of <clears throat> cider that was there was mango cider. So I used mango cider. And now I've realised I really like it with mango cider in it. So every time I want to make this, I have to buy mango cider, which isn't a problem because then we can treat ourselves to the rest of the bottle. But this is a recipe that you will not believe. Honestly, I've made this so many times now, sometimes with normal um, normal cider. And I always say, oh, next time I must make sure I've got some mango cider in the cupboard. But it's just incredible. And we can get we can get really, really good gluten-free sausages now, can't we? Not everywhere, but even really good butchers. If you go in there, they may have one day of the week. If you ask, if not, that's fine. We walk. But if you ask them, do you do gluten-free sausages like those? And they may say, well, if you want some, I can I can make them like our local butcher makes some. And we have we have to understand how the whole system works, but they clean the whole machine down and then they will put the gluten free ones through on the first run of the week. So if somebody is has a certain level of intolerance then they can risk that some people won't but a lot of people are more than happy to do that and are absolutely fine or we can go to places where they make beautiful and i mean beautiful really hearty sausages and this recipe you know if you you can do it if you don't eat meat as well it's absolutely fine 
they do have creme fraiche audible cream in there but again you can change that can't you and it really is this incredible dish in one pound but let's go back let's go back to what i said at the top of the hour well half hour which was about the brown rice miso i absolutely love it so have a look in your in, in your pantry in your cupboard see if you've got any in there have a look when you go out shopping because you'll be amazed how many times you go out and you want some miso and you will look at one of the shelves and it's all going for an absolute song because no one's bought it <laughs> and it's getting towards the end of the shelf life or however much shelf life they're supposed to have on it and just go and buy some or something that I do is every so often I will take a little tripette to one of the oriental supermarkets and oh my word I, I can always get my miso in there my teriyaki uh, all of those things that are in every supermarket but yes this cake has absolutely blown my mind it's so simple and so creative at the same time there's no need for cream with it no need for anything just a beautiful cup of tea or coffee or whatever your tipple is and just sit back and relax and taste a very, very, very unusual cake. So this is Angela from Gluten-Free Angela. And for the last half hour, I've been talking about miso. And I'm sure that when you saw this podcast, What to Do With Miso, you expected me to do another savoury thing. Not to do cake, but try it. And I will post a recipe for you so you know how to do this. But I've explained it. So let's just get used to adapting and to incorporating and I'm sure in your kitchen you have a go-to vanilla cake or a chocolate cake just try it have a go even if you just want to make some little cupcakes and put a little bit of this miso on top and a little bit of miso inside and I'm sure you will love it just as much as me and my mama love it too okay I will see you next week hopefully you enjoyed this week's show and I will be coming to you with more gluten-free tips, tricks, and possible recipes next week. You take care. Have a wonderful gluten-free week. And I will see you very soon. Take care. Bye.